right. Sounds like uh, we got some interesting childhood treasures. Anybody want to yell out anything funny, interesting? Basketball cards is the weirdest we got. There's nothing weirder. I got some weirder ones I'm going to share in a little bit. Uh, so, hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Man, for once in my life, my main goal in life is to come here and say, how you doing? And you guys just to go, yeah, we're doing great. So I'm not even going to try it again right now because I'm upset. Uh, <laughs> now, how are you guys doing tonight? Oh, whoa. Wow, that just makes me feel so good. So good. How are my Brazilians tonight? Where are my Brazilians at? Yeah, I didn't see very many of you guys. What's going on? They're gone. Okay. Glad some of you are here. Well, tonight, like Mark mentioned, we're starting a new series called Happy Hunting, and I'm so excited about it. Uh, many of us find ourselves in Silicon Valley uh, for this very reason. We are searching for happiness. Many of us in our jobs or with our dreams, we are searching for happiness, but a lot of us have realized the reality that a lot of us aren't happy, right? <laughs> There's a recent uh, study that's been done by Gallup in the past 10 years, and last year, 2018, uh, they found that the people they surveyed were the least happy they've been in the last 10 years. That's a reality of living in our country. We have everything we need, and we're still not happy. And this series all, is all about this question. What makes us truly happy on a deep deep level, what fulfills us. And tonight, like Mark mentioned, we are going to be talking uh, about treasures. We're going to be talking about material things, riches, wealth, accumulation. And uh, you guys shared your treasures. I want to do a little, uh, a little time of telling you some of my treasures. So first up, we have here, uh, just going to show off a little bit. Uh, <laughs> this is something I won. Uh, I know we're in Silicon Valley, we're right across the street from Stanford, so you're probably thinking this is like a humanitarian award maybe, or uh, academic something. Uh, it's very close to that. It's my fantasy football championship <laughs> trophy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've been a part of a fantasy football uh, league for like 10 or 15 years, and I've tried so hard to win it, and I finally did last year. A huge accomplishment. Uh, fantasy football, if you don't know what it is, is basically uh, grown men and women uh, just pretending to play football together. It's really weird. I get it. Uh, but this is an accomplishment that I treasure. Uh, you know, accomplishments can be stuff that we treasure. Uh, I want to show you a picture, too. This is something I treasured when I was a kid. This is my, yep. Anybody have starter jackets when you were kids? Was this just an Oklahoma thing? Okay, yeah, yeah, there's two of us. Okay, great. Uh, in my elementary school, the way you showed your status and how much uh, you were worth was by your starter jacket. And you showed your identity by what kind of starter jacket you had. I had a Chicago Bulls starter jacket, and I thought the girls would just be attracted to somebody with the <laughs> Chicago Bulls starter jacket. I treasured this. I wore it day in and day out. It got funky uh, a little bit over time because I never took it off. Uh, another treasure, so this is a little more present day, is uh, I, I treasure, I've got a vinyl record collection. Uh, I love vinyl records, and I invested in a cool record player, and I just love going to record stores and finding cool vinyl records. So my birthday's in July. Just saying. That's an idea for you. Uh, I also love 
I treasure, I've got a barbecue smoker. You know, I love to smoke meat and barbecue. I just did it uh, this afternoon. Love that. Uh, and then I also treasure, like, I'm one of the, the Apple people, the cult of Apple. I love Apple products. You know when you open up the box and it's just like, <laughs> you're like, oh, it's a new Apple product. Uh, so many things that I treasure, material things, but deep down, deep down, I know it's a trap, right? I know that it's a trap because these things will eventually fade away. What I didn't tell you about this trophy is I won this in 2017. This December, I lost the championship. Uh, so in a few months, I've got to ship this out to Maryland to my stupid jerk cousin who beat me. Uh, so I don't even have this accomplishment anymore. My starter jacket that I mentioned, after a couple years, it wore out. It probably ended up at Goodwill at some point. My vinyl records, uh, they're great, but I'm always wanting more. I'm never, never satisfied. I always want a better speaker, a uh, better preamp. Um, my uh, barbecue, my smoker, I take really good care of it. It's already starting to rust and corrode over time. Those Apple products, you guys know this, technology, as soon as you open it, as soon as you start using it, it starts becoming obsolete. This is the reality. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love that. You really love that joke. Uh, this is the reality, the trap of things. We try to find our happiness in them, and eventually they fade away. It's a trap that we all know. Uh, it's a simple truth that we want to talk about tonight, that true, deep happiness is not found in things. Deep, fulfilling happiness is not found in things, wealth, riches. And it's so important for us to sink in this, this simple truth because you and I, we live in a culture that is constantly telling us to find our happiness in things. I want to show you a video that's a very uh, American phenomenon. Let's check out this video together. There's going to be enough cards? Maybe. Baby sells 14. Here we go. I'm going to unlock the door. Fascinating, right? A little haunting, a little scary, but many of us have been there. How many of you guys have done Black Friday before? Yeah, yeah. the few that are you know, like, oh, yeah, I've done that. Uh, I just, it's fascinating looking at the faces of people so happy to go buy these products. And uh, we're, we've all been there. The draw of accumulating things, the buzz of a new product. Uh, the average American home, has over 300,000 items in it. It's interesting, right? The average uh, American home size has tripled in size in the past 50 years. And still one out of 10 of these homes rent off-site storage for more of their stuff. 
the average American household has more than $7,500 in consumer debt. We're in a culture that is telling us to find our happiness in things. It's not just things, right? It's riches and wealth. Maybe if I accumulate enough money, then I'll be happy. Interesting study is done uh, by the Journal of National Health that showed that once people reach a line, it's right around $100,000 in salary. Once they reach that, uh, when you go above that level, they found this, that more income tended to be associated with reduced life satisfaction and a lower level of well-being. So after you reach that line, the more money you make, almost the less happy you are. The more money uh, tends to make, the more work you have to do. It also means more isolation sometimes, more to uphold, more competition. Uh, We all know this, uh, and many of us in this room, we're not to that point yet. A lot of you, uh, you're young adults, you're still, you're like, I can't even afford to pay rent. What are you talking about? Uh, But the thing is, all of us fall into this trap of saying if, when it comes to happiness, if I were able to own a home in the Bay Area, then I'd be happy. If I could afford to go on vacations a lot, then I'd be happy. If I was able to start my own business, then I would be happy. That's the trap. It's when we place our hope, if I get this, then I will be happy. So a lot of us know this deep down. This is a simple truth, but it's a trap we all fall into. So tonight, I want to explore what God has to say about this. All right? So let's jump in together. Uh, We'll start at the beginning of the Bible. Uh, We talked about this story last week, but the Israelites uh, were enslaved in Egypt. They were repressed. uh, They were held in slavery And then God miraculously rescues them. He takes them out of Egypt, and then they find themselves in the desert. And when they're in the desert, Moses goes off into a mountain. Uh, God is invisible. And so the Israelites had a moment of panic, and they cried out for a God, for an idol that they could see and that they could touch. And this is where we join in together in Exodus 32, verse 2. We see this, Aaron answered them. Aaron was sort of the de facto leader. Uh, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. Fascinating. Uh, I guess everybody has a gold earring in the desert. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, they're easy to find there. Uh, So all the people, they took off their gold earrings and they brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf. And this is sort of unique. This is sort of weird to us, but this wasn't weird at the time. A lot of the neighboring nations uh, would use uh, the idols of an animal to worship. So this was a common thing, maybe a bull or a cow or an eagle. Uh, So the Israelites are essentially saying, I want to do what the other countries are doing. I want a, a calf. I want something I can touch and see. So the shape of a calf, fashioning with a tool, and then they said this. Here's the big thing. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. Yahweh, the real God, had just brought them out of Egypt, out of years of slavery, and they melt their earrings into a calf. And they say, these are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. Now, 
here's the deal. Yahweh was invisible. Yahweh was unpredictable. And the desire for something tangible, something real, uh, that makes sense. Like things that are real, things that are material are comforting. You can touch them. You know it's there. And you and I, we face the same, same temptation. The things of God are unseen. They're invisible. Uh, But material things are right here. We can touch them. We can be comforted by them. We can be validated by them. So this is the dilemma we have to talk about tonight. This is the dilemma. The things on earth are material. They're seen. They're visible. But the things of God are invisible. They take place on a spiritual and a soul level. And Jesus talked about this very dilemma in one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible, Matthew 6, 19. Jesus says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And here it is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we see this all the time with Jesus. Jesus is concerned about our heart. He's looking at our heart. A lot of times when we hear a message like this, we'll, we'll sort of react in a way where we'll say, well, should I not own an iPhone? Uh, should I sell my Tesla? Should I not have a 401K? Should I not have nice clothes? Maybe I should join a commune. Uh, maybe I should take a vow of poverty or be a minimalist. Maybe you should. Maybe that's, that's what's needed. But with Jesus, he's looking less at the particulars, and he's looking at our heart. What's the state of our heart. What do you treasure? And at the beginning of this verse, he contrasts two options of places we can put our heart. And so I have a little list here that I made uh, last night, and you can see some great drawings on there. Thank you. That means a lot. There are two places that we have the option to place our heart in. Uh, we've got on earth. We can put our hearts the visible, the material, the temporary, immediate gratification, the pleasures, temporary happiness, our titles like fantasy football champion, <laughs> uh, toys. Man, young adults have toys too, right? Uh, clothes, a lot of people do that. Or we can place our heart uh, in heaven. That's where the invisible things happen, the unseen, the eternal, long-term rewards, things like joy. And love and peace and patience and kindness, community and transformation. This is the choice we all have. Are we going to be like the Israelites where we need to worship something that we can touch and that we can see? Are we going to be willing to worship and trust a God that takes place on a spiritual level? So question for you is how does this how does this principle intersect with your life? How does this principle intersect with our daily life? So I've got a couple ideas I want to throw at you. Uh, The first thing is my kids love to cook with me, right? Uh, I'll be cooking something. They like to get up on the kitchen countertop. And uh, when my daughter was young, uh, she saw me using an egg to cook something. And she was like, egg, hold it, hold it. I was like, "Uh, okay, 
Uh, so I was like, okay, I'll let you hold it, but here's the thing. Uh, it's very uh, breakable, so I need you to hold on to it really loosely. And so I handed it to her, and she was like a pro, man. She was just like holding it loosely, and she did great. And then my son came along, <laughs> and uh, I don't like to over-stereotype the gender roles, but my son, his name is Cohen, and he is, he's all boy. <laughs> and so Cohen, same thing, he got on the countertop, he's like, oh, an egg, can I hold it? And I was like, well, it's, yeah, it's, you got to be really gentle. It's very breakable. And he's like, yeah, 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 okay. And <laughs> I give it to him. Within the first five seconds, he just crushes it. Some of you guys thought I was going to crush it. Like, I'm not going to get my trophy full of egg. Are you kidding me? <laughs> first five seconds, I give it to him. He just crushes it. He holds it so tightly. And that's how he is. Like, just this week, we were playing with a roly-poly, and he had it on his hand. I know. And, <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'll go bring it over here to play. And he just squeezes it. And I'm like, dude, you just killed it, man. And, he's like, and he was just like, oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> when it comes to treasuring things, what it means to treasure something is when we hold on to it tightly, right? When we treasure something, we, we hold on to it with a powerful grip. Think of uh, Scrooge in The Christmas Carol or Gollum in Lord of the Rings. When we see something we treasure, our precious, we hold on to it. We don't want to let go. And that's what we do when we have things. And our, our hope and our desire as followers of Jesus is to put our hearts in eternal things and to hold on loosely to the things of this world, to hold on loosely to money and wealth to our things, our titles. Instead of hoarding things, we want to be generous. We want to be giving people to let go of our stuff, to give to others. Instead of gathering accomplishments and titles, we want to be the kind of people that are humble, that want to build up others and see them thrive. We don't want to put our hope in the economy, our jobs, our vacations, our hobbies, but to put our hope in God. Some ideas of how to do this is just practice giving away things. Uh, you guys into the spark joy phenomenon? She just said, oh, gosh. Yeah, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, a lot of people are seeing the need to declutter, and there's something very sacred about that, the desire to just give things away. Uh, to give our money to others this is a spiritual practice. Uh, another thing we can do is to serve others, to serve our community. We have Brazil as an option, a great option. We did Serve Your City yesterday. We, we were always looking for new service projects, just a way to remind ourselves there's something bigger to live for. And here's the deal. If we don't learn how to loosen our grip on things, this, this is what could happen. We could find ourselves one day on our deathbed and we're realizing that life has passed us by. And instead of spreading the love of Jesus, helping make the world better, we've put our heart into things that have passed away, are now gone. So that's one thing we can do. We can be like the egg. We can hold on to things loosely. Uh, second thing we can do is we set our heart on the eternal. I've got these two books here. Uh, I don't know if you can see them at all. One's called Birdie Comes Through. <laughs> uh, the other one's called The 23rd Street Crusaders. 
And I, I keep these two books in my office, uh, in my little bookshelf. And they're just a reminder to me. These were some of the books my dad used to read to me at night in bed. Uh, he used to read these kind of cheesy sports books. He'd read uh, the Chronicles of Narnia to me. And uh, many of you guys know this, but my dad passed away years ago. And I keep these as a reminder to remember that these kind of moments are eternal. It's the moments when you spend with your loved ones. These moments last forever. My dad's not around, but the moments he gave to me, that he invested in me, are eternal. With my own kids now, there's not a day that goes by that I say, man, I wish that I would have neglected my kids a little more to spend more time at my job. Man, our relationships are eternal. Other things that are eternal, uh, love. <laughs> it's so cliche, but it's so true. These things last forever. How do we set our heart on eternal things? If you ever get confused at how this works, uh, there's a simple thing uh, that Jesus talks about. You focus on God and you focus on people. This is what it all comes down to. To set our hearts on eternal things, to, we, we focus on God, growing spiritually, our inner life, growing in peace and patience and kindness and goodness, self-control. We focus on prayer and stillness, solitude, worship, scripture. And then we focus on people, people over programs, people over our jobs, giving our lives for others, giving our lives for our community, giving, serving, listening to others. This, my friends, this is the true path to deep and lasting happiness and joy. Because the reality is chasing after things is a trap. And true happiness never comes through things. I want to show you uh, a video. One of my heroes, a guy named Johnny Cash. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, he shot a video uh, seven months before he passed away. And it's uh, been a haunting video for me for years. Uh, so let's watch it together. And uh, we'll talk about it. It haunts me every time that I see that. He saw his wife, June, is in that video. She passed away three months after they shot this. And then Johnny uh, passed away seven months after it. And you can see it all there. The treasures, the trophies, all of earth, and they're fading away. The accomplishments, the wealth, the accumulation, all fading away. This, my friends, is the harsh and beautiful, brutal reality of the human condition. Our time on earth will come to an end, and we all have to wrestle with the question, how do I want to spend this time that I have? What do I want to value? What do I want to treasure? What do I want to invest in? Where do I want to put my heart, the things of earth or in heaven? Are we desperate? for more things, for awards and pleasures? Or are we desperate for the deep, eternal love of Jesus? I want you to imagine with me what it would look like if your life looked different than the rest of our culture. If you devoted your life to something so much more day to day, 
if you live countercultural. I want, to, I want you to imagine with me what our community would look like if we were known for being a generous, serving community that lived for the kingdom. This is the kind of community I want to part, be a part of. This is the kind of life that I want to live. I want to devote my time to eternal things. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this time where we get to think about uh, this time that you've given us. You've gifted us this life. And Father, what I would ask is that you would help us wrestle with how we want to use it. We don't know how much time we have left. But God, we want it to mean something. We want it to last. So God, I ask that you would stir each of our hearts. God, will you show us places in our lives where we're living uh, for things that will fade away and will always disappoint. And show us how we can live for eternal things things that last and build your kingdom. So Father, would you uh, deal with our hearts right now? Help us to continue to wrestle and meet with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.